Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, we have two extraordinary guests, Beth Meisner and Ivan Meisner. This couple has done more work to make the world a better place than any people that I know. Beth Meisner, formerly known as Elizabeth Meisner, but we love her and call her Beth. Um, She is a black belt in karate. She is a certified sports nutritionist. She is sought sought after internationally, lead Tai Chi and Qigong practice groups. She also offers medical Qigong healing. She has a Tai Chi practice in Austin, Texas, and leads meditation Qigong at the world-renowned Lake Austin Spa Resort. Do I want to go? And Ivan Meisner, founder and chief visionary officer of BNI, the world's largest business networking organization, founded in 1985 and has over 8,000 chapters throughout the world and has generated millions and millions of referrals for people, roughly about $13.1 billion worth of business for its members. He has a PhD from the University of California, a New York Times bestselling author who has been um, really lazy writing 22 books. <laughs> Ivan, I just don't know how you do this. <laughs> and he's a columnist for entrepreneur.com. Ivan's known as the father of modern networking and top networking experts by Forbes. We could go on and on and on about the two of them, but we're going to just stop right there and welcome both of you to the show. Thanks, Cheryl. It's, it's great to be on. Hi there. Yes. Good to be with you again. Good to have you both here again. Thank you so much. So where are you two this morning? Well, we're both at home in Austin, Texas. Uh, I've kind of gone full circle with uh, B&I. Our office moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, but I built an office for me here in in Austin. So I started my company literally in my house. And um, I've kind of now I'm back to working out of an office in my house, which is fantastic. You're back home, Fantastic indeed, yes. And Beth, how about you? Yes, I'm here in Austin as well. Yeah, it's nice to be. We've pressed pause on some of the travels, and I think we're home. Well, we got at least ten more days at home. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I know that's Feels an extended good. vacation for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have a beautiful home in Austin, and we were privileged to visit with you and experience your amazing generous hospitality, and really find how you two live, you know, very much on purpose, very much with intention to take care of your health and to be loving in the world. It was quite an experience. So let's talk a bit about, you know, you guys have been, the two of you have been so focused on not only helping others through business, but also helping others through humanitarian efforts, and most recently, helping others through health information. So I want to jump right into your newest book, Healing Begins in the Kitchen. And I know, Beth, you worked um, very intently um, to create a structured plan, and you worked with Chef Eddie Esposito. You had input from uh, Miguel Espinoza, who's a medical doctor. And Ivan, you started out to be the reason that this was beginning to be um, discovered. So, Ivan, tell us a bit about, you know, what's, what was your experience that led to investigating this whole process? Well, 
It really stemmed because I was diagnosed with prostate cancer uh, six years ago, and uh, that was a, a, that was a real surprise. I mean, I was 55 years old, and um, that's uh, that's pretty young uh, for prostate cancer. Yes. And I was um, kind of taken back by it, and um, I happened to be going down to San Diego that weekend, and I called Beth, who was down already in San Diego, and you know she wanted to know uh, how the appointment went, and I told her that um, the doctor had found, and we'd done a biopsy and found that it was um, uh, prostate cancer, uh, um, uh, what's it called, Beth? Um, uh, it was a seven score. Prostate um, Cancer Research Institute. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the seven score. Um, oh, your I Gleason score. Gleason, yeah, the Gleason score is seven. Yeah, we learned so about that. So that's uh, a, you know reasonably substantial uh, number. It could be far worse, but it was uh, pre- pretty substantial. Anyway, we're headed down to San Diego, yeah. and uh, she had been seeing a doctor down there at the. Um, um, San Diego uh, uh, Center for Advanced Medicine, and I, and she said, well, let's talk to the doctor, and the doctor met with us on a weekend and said, you know, you can, you can beat this. This is, uh, you don't have to jump right into surgery, radiation, or chemotherapy. The doctor told me I had six months to get Ooh. surgery, uh, but I had to pick something. The, the and, diagnosis doctor. Yeah, the urologist. Yeah, yeah. Not, I'm sorry, yeah. I switched, changed lanes without signaling. Yeah, not, <laughs> not the doctor I saw down in San Diego. But the urologist said, you have six months to pick something. And so I said to the doctor in the Center for Advanced Medicine, well, I got six months. If nothing else, I'll be in a healthier position. So when I picked the surgery <laughs> oh. or radiation that I have to do. Yeah. And at the end of six months, my markers started to drop. Um, the PSA mm. and other things, um, scans started to, the, the tumor started fading. And when I saw the doctor after six months, the urologist after six months, he said, um, what are you doing? And I said, why? He said, well, these numbers are better. I said, well, good. I'm glad to hear that. He said, what are you doing? I told him, you know, that I was, I completely changed my diet, massively changed my diet. I lost 40, almost 45 pounds in three months and wow. was in a healthier place. It was a healthy loss. And he was like, okay, well, let's, let's give it another month. Come back and see me in a month. And I went back and saw him in a month and the numbers are better and the scans are better. And he's like, okay. Tell me again, what are you doing? I told him again. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it's got to be something else. And a- after about four months of that, it was now a- about nine or ten months total, he said to me, um, you're, you're in remission. I-, I don't need to see you for another nine months. And can you tell me again, what are you doing? <laughs> and I, I told him, and, you know, he just didn't really buy it. Uh, but I have to really uh, credit Beth for being the person that said, look, uh, you know, you don't always have to do exactly, there, there are alternatives to what yeah. Western medicine will tell you. And I was willing to listen and much to my surprise, went into remission. It's now been over six years and I still have not had radiation, chemotherapy or surgery. My, I, had a, I had an exam last week and the doctor said, looks good, you're, you're okay. <laughs> See you in nine or ten months. I love it. That's really incredible. When you got the initial diagnosis, you have six months to live. That must have been a bit stunning. Um, well, what what went through it. your mind? Get the surgery, or or it will spread. Yeah. So, what was your question? So, so what went through your mind? when you were given the diagnosis of six months to live, the prognosis? Yeah, well, again, just to be clear, he didn't say you have six months to live. He said you have six months. You need to get surgery within six months or it will be terminal. So, uh, you know, just to be completely clear, but look, I was blindsided, totally and completely blindsided. And back then... Uh, I believed everything that a medical doctor said, and, and it, it, it took years, well, it took at least a year for me to realize that you have to be the captain of your own ship, and you mm. have to take a look at um, various alternatives that work for you as an individual. Uh, the, the very first thing, after I got in my car and called my wife, um, the very first thing I did was write a list of, and this is going to sound crazy, but I actually did it, wrote it on a little notepad, 
uh, as I was basically in stopped traffic on, you know, in LA traffic headed down to San Diego. And I uh, jotted six or seven things that would be the positive, the potential, I titled it the potential positive outcomes of a cancer diagnosis. Wow. And um, I'm, I'm really, I'm in some ways shocked, but definitely pleased to say that all of them ended up coming true. So that was well. I definitely want to get back to that because I think there's a a lot for people to learn from that. Um, Beth, let's go to you because, um, as Ivan said, he was blindsided, and Mm -hmm. you must have had that same reaction. Um, Well, it was interesting because I we were so confident that you know the this the results of the biopsy were going to be negative, and I, had, I didn't even go with him to the, the reveal, let's say, because we were just so right. positive that it wasn't anything serious. So I was actually in San Diego having uh, some IVs at the health clinic that, that Ivan ended up um, being treated by, and um, when he called me, I just kind of held my breath almost. It was like, oh! <gasps> What? You're kidding, you know, and I was hooked up to the IV. I remember I was sitting in a reclining chair in their IV lounge, and and uh, the doctor that I had been seeing for about 15 years, Dr. Bill Kellis, was, he's not always in the office, and he was in the office that day, and he ended up, at the moment I got the call, he was walking through the hallway, and I hung up from Ivan, and I looked up at him, and I was still kind of holding my breath, and I said, because he knew Ivan was going in for this, this result. And I said, Dr. Kellis. And he said, what? And I said, it's cancer. And he looked at me and he said, Beth, it's okay. We've got this. We have seen many people come through the door with different types of cancer and they have healed or they've stopped the progression of the disease. We've got this. He's going to be okay. And I took a deep breath in and I just sat with that belief and it, it just, it just, it, it was only an instant of gasp, you know, oh my God. And then after that, it was just this confidence that he is going to be okay. And that carried me through the whole experience. That's pretty powerful. And also um, really underscores the, the confidence that you had in the alternative treatments and the physicians um, alternative positions that you were working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had back story on that. My mother was diagnosed with colon cancer when I was about 12 years old. And she went to Colorado to an alternative clinic. She spent a month there doing Laetrile and changing her diet, doing glandulars, having fever baths and hyperthermia. And when she came home after that month, her tumor in the colon was half its size. It had shrunk by 50%. And so as a 12-year-old watching that, you know, and reading the books that she had laying around, World Without Cancer by Edward uh, Edward Griffin and other books like that, I had this this knowledge, I would say, of that what is possible. And I had actually even told Ivan before we got married, you know, when you're checking in with each other and what are your thoughts on this subject and that subject, and we got to talk about um, medical issues and cancer in particular. And I told Ivan when I was 24 years old, I think, right, honey? I said to you, yeah, yeah, 24. Um, if I'm ever diagnosed with something like breast cancer, I'm going to go to a clinic in Mexico because I, you know, I knew at that point that it's pretty hard to find a clinic here in the United States that will buck the FDA and do alternative therapy to treat cancer. Yeah. Um, so I said, I'll go to Mexico and I'll be away a month and I'll come home healed. And, of course, that and was Ivan's paradigm. He was a, a little bit surprised and, and, and uh, startled by that, a little worried and concerned. Um, but I, I, think, I think just... my exact words were something close to, are you, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are you thinking? Oh, no, honey, you can't do that. You have to do surgery and chemotherapy, and there's really no yeah, other yeah, options. Guilty. Yeah. I, I knew there were other options, and I had heard of people going to 
Mexico and coming home. I mean, going to Mexico at the point when, or other countries, right? Not only Mexico, but going to Mexico yeah. at the point where they've been told by their medical doctors here, there's nothing more we can do for you. There are no other treatments we can do. We're sorry, but, you know, you've got two months to three months to live or whatever they tell the patients. And then the patients get on the alternative health care path yeah. and go home healed. And so I figured Ivan's, you know, this is one small tumor. It's still in the prostate gland. Um, Dr. Kellis knows what to do. <laughs> We're going to be okay. Yeah. How much do you think that the positive mental attitude um, it really um, affected this situation? Well, I, I know Beth has a, a lot uh, to say on this uh, topic. Uh, I think I think it's important um, because you know if if you're going into it, and and we've seen people, we we have friends that have really they, they chose surgery and chemotherapy, and when that didn't work, they pretty much gave up and started mm. talking about passing. And I think I think that once that happens. Um, you've lost that 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 positive belief in what the body can do, what your own body can do, and uh, so yeah, I think it's extremely important. Yeah, and yet you know there are those people who um, refuse to buy into it and refuse to talk about it and um, have this positive mindset, and yet it doesn't work for them. Do you have a sense of the why in that? Look, I can't speak for others. I can speak for myself. Uh, I'm a believer in the law of attraction, and the word action is part of the word attraction. Mm. And so you can attract health all day long, but if you're not taking action at the same time, uh, it, it, you're, you're not doing everything necessary. And so uh, I did my best to really have a positive attitude. For me, that, that looked different than the way, you know, Beth's positive attitude is. Mine was very focused and, you know, um, process-oriented in terms of sticking to the program that I was on. Uh, and, and, and I took action. And I yeah. was a zealot and am still a zealot about what I eat and and, and regular exercise and other things that I've done, what I don't eat and what I don't drink in particular. And so it was, for me, both attraction and action. It makes so much sense. It really does. So, Beth, um, why do you think that people have to have some sort of wake-up call before, you know, the health and wellness is really taken serious. Um, people like water choose the path of least resistance, and we are being bombarded in our media today with uh, ads for junk food, unhealthy food, and then medications. We can just take pills to mitigate the effects of the food that we're eating because we're not eating healthy food, and everybody around us is eating junk food. When I used to work out of an office, um, and anyone who's listening knows if you work in an office, there's usually always, every week, people are bringing cupcakes, donuts, cakes, mm. cookies, baked goods, and it's really hard to resist those things. And then we become literally addicted to them because of the way fats and sugar interface with our systems and our brains in particular. Mm. And so it's not easy to eat healthy we eat healthy. I think Ivan eats healthy 98% of the time and maybe 99% of the time. I'm probably at around, around 97% of the time. But it's hard, Cheryl, and I really mm-hmm. believe yeah. people do not like to do hard things. And, and you know, you've got to mm-hmm. really completely reset your mindset about what is good when it comes to food. My son was looking at this. Uh, ad in a magazine was a, you know, double, double chocolate cake or whatever, you know, with this <laughs> wonderful frosting to him. And he goes, oh, mom, look, that looks so good. 
And I looked at it and saw something completely different. It wasn't the definition uh, of good. You know, I looked at it and saw, it, yeah, devil's the right word to put in there. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> and, and the bottom line for, for me, I think that it is, that it's just, it's, it's not easy to eat this way. Certainly when you're traveling, it's, it's not easy. So you have to be completely committed. And a lot of people don't find that resolve until their life yeah. is threatened. Yeah, yeah. So, Cheryl, if I can you know, that. Yeah. We, we have a mutual friend, Steve uh, D'Annunzio, who, um, who uses a phrase that I really like, uh, that sometimes um, uh, taking the hard path often makes life easier, and taking the easy path often makes life harder. Mm. And, and I loved that phrase. I wrote about it in a blog after I heard him speak at a TLC conference. Uh, and, and he asked, you know, are, are you practicing hard easy or are you practicing easy hard? And uh, practicing easy hard is, hey, it's easy to eat what you want. I, you know, I love ice cream. I love certain foods. Um, yeah. and, and it's easy to eat those things, but things become then much harder for you in your life. And, um, and I would rather, I'd rather practice hard easy um, and, and be healthy. That's a great philosophy. You know, I think that, that that could really help people just begin to understand um, how things can shift. And, you know, you guys have really done an amazing job with um, your book because it teaches people how you can have fabulous food. Now, I can attest to that because I'm the beneficiary of fabulous meals at your house. And, you know, and, you know, as you said, that it is, um, you have to prepare. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a bit about how you like the food that's good for you. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Lead Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my very special guests today, Beth Meisner and Ivan Meisner. Most recently, authors of Healing Begins in the Kitchen, Get Well and Stay There with the Meisner Plan. So let's talk a bit about good food. Um, you know, we, we talked last segment about how people have a hard time, hard time, doing hard things. Um, <laughs> it's a challenge to change your diet. It's a challenge to become so conscious of what you eat that often um, to create your meals and you can't just, you know, jump to your favorite restaurant and, and expect that you can get everything you want. So Beth, talk a little bit about how you got to the point where you could actually create food that has wonderful flavor and is healthy. So 
Sure. One of the first things I had to learn, because I'm a Southern girl, was to stop frying everything. Because I, I, you know, I had a, I had a, when we first got married, I had a deep fryer, and I literally fried things in my deep fryer. So I had gotten away yeah. from that, but I was still frying things in about a quarter of an inch of, of oil, and I didn't care what kind of oil I used. So learning what kind of oil to cook in, when to cook in oil, and how to add healthy oil after I have steam-fried something so that I still mm-hmm. have the healthy fat, the great flavor that a lovely olive oil gives to a blanched uh, green bean dish or blanched uh, broccoli dish, and not being afraid to use seasoning. So in our book, Healing mm-hmm. Begins in the Kitchen, we have a whole section that's dedicated to creating some beautiful seasoning blends, and also some sauces, because when you're trying to eat healthy, you, you aren't, aren't going to be putting gravies and, and other sauces that are, uh, have flour in them and things like that, because we're moving away from that and going more to a whole food, uh, plant-based, uh, not so many of the unhealthy fats like canola oil. We have a total ban on canola oil, and yeah. we can talk about why if you want to get into that. But just learning to uh, use those flavors and what flavors of spices and seasonings go well together. So if I want to cook a big pot of broccoli so that I'm only cooking broccoli one time in two days or so, then when Mm -hmm. I want to warm up my dish, I can do Asian spices on that and make it really great with some roasted sesame oil. Or I can do some Italian seasoning and maybe cook some garlic chips, put them in a little bit of olive oil and get them nice and browned, and then put them in with the broccoli with with some beautiful finishing salt and just really kind of learn how to dress it up so that it's not bland and boring. The first phase of the Meisner plan, phase one through four, you're only eating low-carbohydrate vegetables, and that serves a purpose Mm. to help your body move into a detoxing phase so that you can then rebuild your health from a clean slate. And it's a little bit boring to just eat plain vegetables, but the seasoning mixes really make them exquisite. And I think Ivan can probably attest to the fact that he never felt deprived while doing our phase one. I think that I'm speaking for you, honey. You want to chime in and... and Say what you felt? No, I never felt deprived. I was never hungry. Uh, I ate a lot. I just ate <laughs> different things. Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, a lot more vegetables. And I, 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 we had a friend who had surgery, weight uh, loss surgery. I forget what, what form it was. At about the same time I went on my diet, I lost more weight faster than he did. Yeah. And yeah. he's put about half of it back on. Now he ended up losing mm-hmm. more, but I lost faster than he did. Mm-hmm. And I haven't put it back on. He's put a lot of it back on. Um, so it's just a change in the way you eat. And, and I never felt deprived, um, you know, substitution, um, olive oil and lemon juice. I now love on, on all kinds of food and it makes it delicious. Yes, absolutely. So Beth, you talk about a bit of a detox at the beginning of the Meisner plan process. Talk a bit about that. Well, it's kind of like our our thought was uh, we need to change the water in the fish tank, okay? Ivan has mm. cancer at this point, and we're looking at the system, and we're saying cancer is not... Uh, an event that just happens in one organ. It is a systemic condition. So let's take a look at the entire body. Where is his system overloaded and compromised such that it's shutting his immune function down and his body is not doing what it's naturally programmed to do, which is to eradicate cancer cells and change the water in the fish tank. So that's really why we jump into a detox as the very first thing you do with the Meisner plan It's eight days. It's very gentle. You're eating the entire time, and our book lays out exactly what to eat, when to eat, what supplements to support your cleansing process. And, Cheryl, the average amount of weight loss is is, it's so high. Ivan says, oh, don't say that because it's so high. (laughs) You know, I would say the the average easily I could say 15 pounds in the eight days. Mm -hmm. But you're not Mm -hmm. just losing stored fat. It's not safe for your body to release that much fat that quickly. Your body releases 
water stores. It releases solid waste from the gut that your body's been holding on to. And then the gut microorganisms get in balance and your liver starts to work better, and so you do begin to process fat out of your body a little bit more efficiently or a lot more efficiently. And you're drinking more water, so your body has what it needs for the lymphatic system to flow. And as the lymphatic system begins to flow, then that fluid makes its way to the kidneys, and you can excrete that. And so you're, you're instantly... You're instantly kind of shrinking, and if you don't need to lose weight, we have had some people that have been quite thin when they started, but they were still toxic. We have some ways to work with you so that you don't lose that much weight or you don't lose weight at all. You can actually begin to gain healthy weight, put muscle on Mm -hmm. in that. Um, So whatever phase you're in and whichever end of the spectrum you're at, there's something that will work for you in the Meisner plan. This is fascinating, and and I have to say that, you know, people don't have to wait until they have some sort of diagnosis that scares them to do this. It it doesn't have to be at that moment of terror. If you start early, if you start now before anything shows up, um, you start living a healthier and ultimately happier life. You'll sleep better, Um, you'll have more energy, you'll be more productive, you'll earn more money, you'll be more present with your family. It's a win-win. Yeah, I bet it has effect on the the brain system as well, huh? Absolutely. So, Ivan, something like this, it sounds to me, could be one of those positive outcomes of a cancer diagnosis, but (laughs) I wonder if you even thought of that, making your list. Oh, absolutely, I did, yeah. Um, so I came up with a number of things. The very first uh, on the list, I just pulled up my list. The very first was that I'd lose weight. Uh, hey, you know what the heck? I've got cancer. I'm going to lose weight no matter what. You know, keep it, keep up light. And that was the first time on my list because I was a little overweight. And, and so I lost um, almost 45 pounds. Uh, the second was that Beth and I would get closer because I know, knew she always wanted me to eat better. And uh, so I knew she would, uh, you know, jump in with both feet on this. And, and it def- definitely did uh, make us c- closer. Uh, I, 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 third item was that it would guide me to better health choices. Now, this is the list I wrote in my car while, we were, while I was driving down to San Diego to meet Beth. Um, and I just jot down a couple of notes as I was going. Um, I actually wrote in here that my... The, the people in my company, it, we were going through a very stressful time in my company. I actually wrote mm-hmm. one of the things in there was that people would cut me a little, a little more slack because, you know, I was diagnosed with cancer, so they're not going to be calling and yelling at me about something all the time, which really did happen, actually. It was, it was good, and I, I, I was public about what took place, so they knew I wasn't trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fifth item was that it, it would give me, I'd take more time off, and I did. Mm-hmm. I did. You know, made sure to have time off. Uh, here was a big one that would give me a great reason to say no to things that weren't on mission for me. Um, because nobody, you know, they knew the health issue I was going through, so they just wouldn't give me grief if I said no to things. And there was a right. few more, but I'll tell you, every single one, there was actually nine. I had nine items. Every single one of them came true. Oh, wow. And you're right. That last one that you mentioned is a huge one. You know, being being able to, giving you a greater reason to say no and yeah. and people not pushing back. And, and, you know, we get stuck sometimes in that feeling like of I should do X or not yeah. really. They don't really want to do this, but all right, I'll do it. And yeah. uh, we all get caught in that. And um, what what was the feeling in you when you when you said no, I'm not going to do that? What what was going on in you when you said that? Well, it was you know it was really easy for me because I'd be you know someone would bring something to me that they wanted me to do that wasn't on mission, and I or, you know I was pretty focused on trying to get my health together, and I would simply oh, say yeah. you know I am so focused on trying to get um, back into a healthy place. I just can't take on anything new at this time. And um, mm. I, understand, I understand that this is important to you. I'd be happy to refer you to somebody who I think might be able to help you, but it's not going to be me. 
And mm. people were okay with that. Nobody got upset with that. I mean, how can you? It's hard, hard to get upset with right. that. By the way, yeah. on the book, uh, just, just so everyone knows, Beth and I donate 100% of our royalties for this book, Healing Begins in the Kitchen. Um, 100% of our royalties go to medical nutritional research. Uh, one of the things that I felt um, very strong about was that I did not want to benefit financially from this diagnosis. And so um, we, we donate 100% of our royalties to medical nutritional research. That's brilliant. That's lovely. And it just reflects who you two are. Um, and you're so giving of yourselves. And, you know, sometimes I wonder about um, the, the giving part. You know, so many of us give actually at the expense of ourselves and give at the expense of not um, taking care of ourselves. Right. And, you know, because you two are so giving, I wonder if you had fallen into that a little bit, you know, and at the expense of you, you were focused outward, making sure everybody else was taken care of and making sure that projects were um, well implemented. And you, when you saw opportunity to help, you did. Um, and, and I'm not saying you have cut that off, but it sounds to me like you have gotten clearer on what really um, is important to you and what really is important to put your energy toward. Is that true? Well, it certainly is for me, but I think Beth probably has even more to say on this topic than than I do. (laughs) I I have watched you, Ivan, and and you are still... uh, giving at the same level you were before your diagnosis, but you're giving in a different way. You're giving in a way that fulfills you and not in a way that depletes you. And I think there's a big difference to make there, don't you? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, You know, one of the things that I've said for years is that you're either working in your flame or working in your wax. And when you're working in your flame, you're on fire, you're excited, you love what you're doing. Uh, and you you feel like you could do more and more of it. When you're working in your wax, it just takes all your energy away. So one of the things that over the last really seven years I've been trying to work towards is working completely in my flame and doing the things that I'm passionate mm. about and and handing over the wax to other people who, who by the way, it's their flame. They love doing these other things. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, but that's a that's a great point. I'm, uh, I, I think I'm working much more in my flame. And so it's giving in a way that I'm passionate about doing. And as you talk with integrative medicine practitioners, functional medicine um, doctors, they have studies and they will refer to these studies that show when you want to boost your immune system, one of the best things you can do is get involved in philanthropic efforts. That it literally Mm. causes your brain to release neuropeptides that upregulate your immune function. So it's really important to be philanthropic and to give. But again, like you were mentioning, Cheryl, to do it in a way that that is um, not giving yourself away. Right, right. Well, and, you know, when when people become ill, um, it's often hard to do that. It's, It's a challenge to imagine giving your time to um, some cause because the energy drop in your body is so much. So sounds like keeping your immune system and building it stronger before that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right? And you see that family on the corner that's got the sign that says, you know, hungry, please help us out. Ask them if you can go buy them a sandwich at Subway or something like that. That yeah. brings the healing feeling into your heart and it helps that family, and by doing that, it's also helping your immune function to, to be boosted at the same time. Mm, I love it. I love it. So I know that you guys Everybody can are, do something uh, little. Everybody can do something, absolutely. I know that um, the two of you are very pragmatic, and um, you believe that Western medicine has its place. Um, and so talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, let me, I'd love to jump in on that. Um, I have seen it over and over again. I had one doctor stand up, stand up over me and uh, say, uh, point his finger at me and say, you need radiation now. 
Mm. And, and you have to be strong in your own will to look at a medical doctor and address that. And I, I stood back up at him and I pointed and said, I am not going to get radiation yet or now. I mm. still have some alternatives that I want to look at before I even consider that. And he didn't know how to address that. He just sat yeah. down like a, like a, you know, a puppy and was like, well, fine, okay, just know how I feel. I know how you feel. I get it. And, and you have to be the captain of your own ship. You've got to go to uh, other types of doctors and get second opinions, and they don't all have to be Western medicine. You may decide, in fact, that that's what you want to do, and if that's what you want to do, then that's what you should do. All I'm saying is that medical doctors are not gods. They do not know um, the answer. It, they call it a practice for a reason. They don't always know the answers, and when when I have come to them because because I moved. I've had a couple of urologists, and they're all of them very perplexed as to how I could be in full remission without surgery, yes. radiation, chemotherapy. Yes. So there are alternatives. Listen to some alternatives before you just get browbeat into doing something. I just love it. I love it. So we're going to take a break, and we're going to come right back with Beth and Ivan Meisner. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. I'm very excited to have my guests here today, Beth Meisner and Ivan Meisner. And we're talking about their most recent endeavor, the book Healing Begins in the Kitchen. Get well and stay there with the Meisner plan. All right. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about how to take care of the body. And I know that, um, Beth, you are a meditator from way back and you are uh, a Qigong master and Tai Chi and, and you help others learn how to do this. Now we know that um, the Eastern perspective is that mind, body, spirit is all has to function well in order for the system to function well. Talk a bit about how meditation plays into this. Oh, I'd love to. Um, I heard Deepak Chopra a number of years ago talking about meditation, and he said meditation is so important to the body and to health that we are built in with a meditation feature called sleep. We cannot survive if our body doesn't have time in with the parasympathetic nervous system being more dominant. And we go through our days and our wake hours, and we never give the parasympathetic nervous system time to be dominant. And when you have a meditation practice, no matter what it looks like, it can be sitting silently, it can be using a guided meditation app like Insight Timer, which I really love, to help you 
quiet down and just sit and be still. Or you can just sit and listen to quiet music and watch birds flying around, looking, gazing out mm-hmm. into the distance. All of these things help trigger your body, and it tells your body you're not under attack. You can digest food. You can detoxify. Your immune function can come online. When we never do that during the day, we're telling our body all day long, there's a lion there, there's a bull over there charging at you, and, and the body doesn't know it's just an email that you opened that stressed you out. All the body knows <laughs> is their stress, right? And it, we've got yeah. to conserve energy and we've got to protect the body by shutting down unessential systems that don't help us get away or fight the threat. And so meditation mm. is one of the ways to kind of whisper to the body, everything is okay. And your, your whole life just goes better on a physical standpoint. And you're right, it's because the body-mind connection is, is so intrinsic to our life. And I think in our culture, we probably overlook that. And people say, oh, it's too hard, I can't meditate. You don't have to sit with your arms folded in a special position to get into that meditative state. You can sit and just take five minutes to breathe. And just focus on the in-breath and the out-breath. That triggers the parasympathetic nervous system and helps it to become dominant. So it's not difficult. I absolutely agree. You know, I um, coach a lot of CEOs, um, execs, to not only enhance their leadership, but to um, really have a different perspective on life. And one of the first things that I have them do is... um, just sit quietly for five minutes in the morning before (laughs) you start your day. Just do that. Find a place in the house or go to your backyard or before everybody gets up in the morning and everything's crazy, just sit quietly for five minutes. And of course, the first thing they say is, I don't have time. And I said, no, Mm -hmm. you're going to try this. (laughs) You're going to try this. And it's okay. And so, you know, over time, they begin to say, oh, gosh, you know, that five minutes has turned into 15. I kind of like it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And eventually, it, um, they, they really find it um, so helpful for them that they start talking to their team. You know, you guys should sit quietly for five minutes in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's yeah, just creating yeah. a new habit. And once you get the yeah. habit formed, it's it's so delicious. It's really wonderful. Mm. And Ivan, is, is he has a unique perspective with meditation because he's not typically a meditator. But he did learn to sit and be quiet for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, listening to meditation music. But he has also, uh, he has a steam shower practice. And so he puts the steam shower on in the morning and he will spend anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes just sitting in the steam shower, relaxed, letting his mind just kind of free flow and um, has, has that time. That's his quiet time to sit and just let the body relax and let the mind relax. It's a beautiful thing. Mm, I love it. That's really great. So, you know, we could talk forever. There's so much more to know and so much more to learn. Um, You know, if you were going to kind of sum up, um, you know, what you've learned and what's become important to you, Ivan, what would you say? Well, for me, it it is to be the captain of your own ship. Uh, You... um, you should get alternatives. You should listen to alternatives. You should look at uh, uh, other other uh, choices before you just are browbeat into into something, which is so easy to happen. And we see people do it all the time. We even warn people, okay, this is what the doctor is going to say. And they come back you. and say, oh, I've got to go to surgery right away. It's like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. They just get petrified. So yeah. here's, I'm going I'm to read you a quote. Uh, it's, uh, here's the quote, and then I'll tell you where it's from. Let food be your medicine and medicine your food. These are not the words of some 21st century alternative healthcare guru. These are the words of Hippocrates, the father mm. of Western medicine. Let food be your medicine and medicine your food. That's beautiful. 
it does seem like we have moved so far away from the um, the original beliefs of people who were healers in the world. And um, that's beautiful to remember. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Beth, how about you? If you were to sum up, what would you say? Oh, really investigate and understand the nature of life. Okay, so that's a, that's a quick sum up, but look at life from the quantum viewpoint. And then you really, when you take that perspective, you understand why the mind is so important as a part of the healing and use the mind as a tool for healing. Mm, I love it. It's not to be underestimated, and there's so much to learn about it. There is, there is, and you have made it easy to learn about it. So I know people are going to want to know more, and they're going to want to know more of this book and others that you have. So where can they find out? So the book is available on Amazon. Uh, It's called Healing Begins in the Kitchen. Healing Begins in the Kitchen. It is about two-thirds a recipe book, and about a third of it is maybe less. A fourth of it is, is my story. Uh, but uh, most of it is a recipe book, including, uh, and part of my story is when you're traveling, how do you eat when you're traveling? And there's a whole section on yeah. how to do that, uh, which is really powerful. I think the best website, I, I, my website's IvanMeisner.com, but Beth, Beth has a lot of the health stuff up on her website, Beth Meisner, that's M-I-S-N-E-R, BethMeisner.com. We also have Fabulous. a website, Cheryl, that's MeisnerPlan.com. And so That's there are a lot of our health tips and things from the book that we put on the website before we had the book finished. So that might be another great place. And there's obviously links there to get not only our book, but there's a re- recommended reading section. What are other books you can read and other authors you can uh, read mm. to learn more about alternative health care and how to heal your body with food, diet, and the mind-body connection? The two of you are making such a difference on the planet in so many ways, and this is just one more significant way that you are giving to others, and I can tell that this is really feeding you, and that is such a gift. Thank you so much for being with us today on the show. I love you guys, and we'll have you back again. You can check in with us and tell us how you're doing. Uh, Cheryl, thanks for inviting us. We really appreciate it. And we love you, too. (laughs) Remember, everyone, think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. I'm Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.